Hi, I'm Kristen Howerton, and I blog at Rage Against the Minivan. And I'm Paul Martin, and I blog at Polisophia. And you're listening to Why Partisan, a political conversation between two friends from different sides of the aisle. I'm a Democrat. And I'm a Republican, and we are both passionate political junkies trying to figure out how to have a civil discourse about politics. From social justice issues to the intersection of race, religion, and public policy, we're delving into all aspects of the political arena. All right, guys, we have got lots to talk about today. Um, We are going to discuss some of the recent sexual abuse allegations that have emerged against our president, Donald Trump. We're going to talk about the Roy Moore election that is tomorrow and a recent statement he made about the fact that the um, amendments would be better if we went back to just the 10th. We're going to talk about the attempt to move the Israel's um, capital to Jerusalem. And we're going to talk about this ongoing Supreme Court debate over the LGBT wedding cake. So we'll get into all of those details in a second. But first, let's talk about the sexual abuse allegations coming forward against Trump. Yeah, so, I mean, this is just kind of a soap opera, but it's not. It's our U.S. political system. It's and, our actual world. Uh, I, it's our actual world. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but it, we live in a world right now where things are so polarized that it seems that Democrats are willing to say, yep, our guy did this and our guy needs to resign. Republicans seem to say, maybe our guy did this and the voters have decided. There we are. That's where we're at today. And that's my party. Really not respecting and trusting these women who have come out against Donald Trump and Roy Moore. No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, this has been a real case of um, questioning the victims. So, um, you know, the things that we've heard come out from um, from Trump's administration are, you know, these things happened a long time ago and that people knew about it when they voted. Um, White House Press Secretary um, Sarah Sanders said um, that they have eyewitnesses to back up um, all of these claims, which I'm not sure how that could be possible because I'm assuming most of this happened in private. Um, oh, well, that's that's funny there too. Like I, that would mean that the eyewitnesses would have had to have their eyes on Roy Moore 24 hours a day to 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 be eyewitnesses of a insane. negative. That right? Okay, absolutely. So you know, there was a press conference um, today with a group of women. Um, it involved the former Miss North Carolina, who said that he he was inspecting them inappropriately at beauty pageants. There was Jessica Leeds, who said the president grabbed her chest and tried to put his hand up her skirt on a flight. Um, and then in addition to the women who came forward today, there's just a number of women, um, a lot of them being former contestants in the, you know, Miss USA pageant. Um, he's been accused of kissing people on the lips without permission grabbing their butt without permission, forcing his tongue down someone's throat during a photo shoot. And, you know, here's the thing. All of this is is pretty consistent with the words out of his very own mouth that we all heard during the election where he said, you know, if you're basically powerful, you can grab them by the pussy, those famous words. So all of this is, I mean, it's funny that they're denying it because it all sounds pretty consistent with what he actually says of his own behavior. Right. And we are in a time, uh, I hope it doesn't last much longer, but like I said, we're at a time where many Republicans, 
uh, and I suppose some Democrats too, but in the case of Roy Moore, in the case of Donald Trump, they simply they simply don't want to look at truth. They don't want, it's too difficult for them. It's too hard for them to say, well, yeah, 16 intelligence agencies, every leader on both the left and the right have said that Russia interfered in our elections. And Donald Trump and Dana Rohrabacher and Steve Bannon, I'm not sure of any other politicians who have said it's a hoax. But there are many Republicans that just don't want to look at that. And I know I'm switching gears a little bit, but I think it proves the point, uh, the same point with these women. Brute facts, incorrigible evidence, and yet this tribalism that will deny brute facts in exchange for we want our team to win. Absolutely. And um, and we want our team to stay in power. And, and we certainly see yep. that with this. And then we also see it with Trump endorsing Roy Moore, despite the fact that there is, you know, pretty decent evidence that he um, had a penchant for hitting on underage women and, you know, and sexual assault. And, you know, Trump is just ignoring all of that. I mean, there is a lot of um, of moral obligation being ignored within the Republican Party in order to keep their power seat. And it's really, it's really gross. Mm -hmm. It is. I, I mean, I'm, of course, with my run, I'm dealing with this a lot from Democrats saying, how dare you be in the Republican Party? You're complicit. You are part of it. You are part of the enabling team. And I guess my point in response is, like, you know, Kristen, like we've talked about, one party shouldn't have a monopoly on human rights and civil rights and social justice. One party shouldn't be the party that kicks out its senator and kicks out its congressmen, you know, for their sexual improprieties. Both parties should. And I think what I'm trying to do is be a voice on the right saying, people, let's get our stuff together. We can't have this in our party. We need to do the right thing and the hard thing. And it was really interesting yesterday, um, Senator Shelby from Alabama. I don't know if you heard that, Kristen, but he was on, I believe it was uh, CNN or one of the uh, big, you know, Sunday morning talk shows. And he laid into Roy Moore. So this is a Republican senator from Alabama who said on the Sunday before the election, the election's tomorrow, I did not vote for Roy Moore. Roy Moore, you know, basically his actions are reprehensible. And this is a Republican senator. And that was really big. And it made me so happy to have that kind of leadership. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was an interesting tweet from my friend Rachel Held Evans this week that gained a lot of traction. And it said, hey, evangelicals, all those people you warned me about, those liberals, those Democrats, those mainline Protestants, they're the ones saying the truth matters, that some things are right and some things are wrong, while you argue that the political ends justify the immoral means. Wow. 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 What powerful words. I know. And again, to my friends on the right, you know, I want to plead with you that we would be better as a party. We might, you know, it might be one, you know, one of those, um, what is it, uh, two steps forward, one step back, um, but we have to address these issues in our own party, not just when it's the Democrats. We will be better served, and in the long run, this is, the thing with Roy Moore that's interesting, it's a total lose-lose for the Republicans, if you look at it, because if Roy Moore gets elected, it's going to be, you know, lock, stock, and barrel. You guys knew this guy was a pedophile, and you, including your president, put him in office. But if he loses, the Republicans lose a seat in the Senate because of Roy Moore's 
allegations. And so either way, this Roy Moore thing is a disaster for Republicans. It sure is. And we're going to get to that um, in a minute because his recent statements are just, I mean, so cringy. It's unbelievable. Um, But as it currently stands, we have women coming um, up against Trump. We have three senators thus far who've called for his resignation, including Senator um, Kristen Gillibrand. Um, She's been extremely vocal about um, asking him to resign, which is interesting because, you know, in the last week or two, we saw Al Franken resign over, to be honest, in my opinion, much more benign behavior. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not really, I can't get my head around how it was that Franken resigned. And there was just, there was an avalanche sometime, I think last weekend, where a couple of the uh, set female senators called for his resignation. And then within, you know, an hour, there were a few dozen of them. That just again, these are Democrats over Franken's allegations that, like you said, Kristen, seem to be far more minor than Moore's and fewer, and yet he resigned. You know, the thing with Moore, I saw something that HBO produced, and they were in Alabama. Um, a political uh, journalist was in Alabama with a group of about 15 Christians, and he was asking these Christians about Roy Moore. And it was just, you know, it was one of those things where I had to just take deep cleansing breaths because <laughs> the the excuses that were offered uh ranging from well it happened 40 years ago to well hey man back in those days i have an aunt that was married to a third or i had an aunt that got married at 13 and had two kids by oh, the time boy. she was 15 yeah and a lot of that stuff came out uh and i've never been to alabama but i'm assuming that some of what is coming out of this and i, I know this isn't politically correct to say but i'm going to say it anyway it's just not uh, a real cosmopolitan 21st century uh, kind of way of thinking for many of these areas. I mean, when you have people saying, well, yeah, it's cool to get married when you're 13. Uh, yeah, I don't think most Americans agree that that's cool anymore. And have yeah. Kids and, it, you know, 15. some of some of that could be regional, like you're suggesting. I think some of it could be generational, to be honest, you know, because there were different standards in our grandparents' generation around, um, you know, what's an appropriate age for consent. Um, but, you know, the problem is, while he may live in Alabama and his con- constituents, you know, we might think maybe less um, – concerned with these things you've got people like trump who live in very metropolitan areas who are supporting him you know right yeah it's just i mean you have a you know uh, a man uh, accused of multiple uh sexual uh, allegations of sexual abuse multiple not including like you said what we've heard him say with his own mouth whether it be you know the peeping tom on the beauty pageant Miss America teenagers, which he you know very openly talked about, um, his comments that we all know about about women in general. Um, you know, if Ivana, if Ivanka wasn't my daughter, I'd date her. You know, there's nothing like getting a nice piece of ass. Like he's just been a complete pervert his whole career. No one denies that. Um, yeah. But now we have him, uh, kind of philanderer in chief, uh, and sexual abuser in chief part uh, condoning and endorsing an alleged pedophile that's where the republican party is today and i know many of my friends on the right are going to say well these are all allegations and you guys just need to be quiet 
there aren't this many women that ever come out. They don't gain anything by it. They don't get big, huge book deals like a lot of you think. It basically ruins their lives. So any of you that think that, you know, 16 allegations is somehow just, you know, they're being paid is, is just conspiracy theory thinking. And Al Franken resigned over the same thing. Less. Yeah. Less, less, less. Much less. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely much less. And, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if any of this goes forward in, um, you know, any level of prosecution. Um, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of these allegations, as we mentioned, happened before the election. And Trump said, as soon as the election is over, all of these women will be sued. Well, they haven't been. And they're still yeah, here and they're right. still talking. Well, let's yes. talk about, since we've touched on him a little bit, let's talk about Roy Moore. There is, um, there is some hubbub about comments that he made, and these are actually older comments, but I think that they were just sort of um, revealed in this last week. But um, he was on um, a radio show, a conservative, somewhat conspiratory, you know, driven radio show twice in 2011. In one of those interviews, he said that he thought getting rid of the constitutional amendments after the 10th Amendment would eliminate many problems in the way the U.S. government is structured. Now, if we walked the amendments back to the 10th Amendment, what would we be missing here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sheesh. I mean, I mean uh, voting, um, right? suffrage. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Human uh, rights, civil rights, women's yeah. rights. Um, and then, it, you know... Um, and he, and he, this was his actual comment that would eliminate many problems. You know, people don't understand how some of these amendments have completely tried to wreck the form of government that our forefathers intended. So, yeah, yeah. The 13th is the one that abolished slavery. So he's basically saying, get rid of the 13th. Um, so slavery's back in, uh, the 15th, uh, which prohibited the federal and state governments from denying citizens the right to vote based on the person's race. And yeah, the nineteenth extended suffrage to women. So mm -hmm. yeah, that'd be great. That would. This is the person who could become a United States senator tomorrow. You know, it's Kristen. That's interesting to me, and I know this is something you th you thought about and dealt with way more than me. But you know, I think what we're. I think the shock that many Americans have that somebody like a Roy Moore or somebody like a Donald Trump, who was endorsed by David Duke. Who, when asked about David Duke, said, "I don't, I don't know who he is." Who said about the people mm -hmm. that uh, protested in Charlottesville, who are white supremacists, who are neo Nazis? Those of you that don't know what neo means, it means kind of like new and improved Nazis. And Trump said about them, "There are very good people on both sides." The interesting thing is our shock, because I think we thought we were further along than we were, and clearly, based on empirical data. We are still very much in the gutter of racism in this country. Clearly, you have Roy mm -hmm. Moore who could become a United States senator tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in another comment that he made, actually, and this was in September of this year, um, he was asked about the last time he thought America was great. He said, I think it was a great, great at a time when families were united. Even though we had yes. slavery, they cared for each other. Yes. So he is telling us who he is. And, you know, let's yeah. put the, the sexual allegations aside, which is ridiculous to even have to, you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous to have to, to have that as a hypothetical. Yeah. 
But even if that wasn't in play here, how is this guy even? I, I, I just, it, well, it yeah, baffles no, it's me. A great, it's a great point. So let's pretend Roy Moore has zero allegations of sexual abuse. Zero. But he has said many times that gays should be jailed, that women should not hold public office, that 9-11 occurred because, quote, we distance ourselves from God. And the newest thing, and I heard him say this, I actually watched the video because I couldn't believe it, said drive-by shootings happen because we teach evolution in schools. We could go on and on from him saying that Muslims should not allowed, be allowed to live in this country. I mean, we can go on and on. This is a man that might become a United States senator as part of the Republican Party who was just endorsed by our president. Endorsed by our president, but I have to say that the silence from Republican senators is pretty deafening. Yeah, I mean, again, I have to push back a little bit because McConnell did say that yeah. more and more should drop out of the race. And I, I, I hear that a lot. I don't think it's the ferocious um, response even though many senators have said things, Susan Collins, you know, who's kind of emerging. What's interesting, again, is Mitt Romney. One of the things he said, I think last week, was Roy Moore in the U.S. Senate would be a stain on the GOP and on the nation. Lee mm. Korfman and other victims are courageous heroes. No vote, no majority is worth losing our honor, our integrity. That that's good. Is, that's the party that I thought I signed up for. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, re I absolutely respect that. That I appreciate him saying that. Well, I guess we'll find out soon enough as, you know, the election <laughs> looms. Yeah. Well. You know, Kristen, we've been doing this for a, a year and a half. And when, when Trump got in this, we thought we were dealing with, at the time, a kind of, you know, renegade mm -hmm. uh, reality star narcissist and you know we walked through this very closely you and i doing dozens and dozens of having dozens of conversations about it including the night he got he won the election mm -hmm. uh, i remember getting drunk together with a bunch of friends wallowing <laughs> um, but it seems like i mean it just seems like this thing doesn't end and there are different you know there just are different tentacles to it the latest being this outlier man named roy moore who you know, is is actually galvanizing this kind of fringe part of the Republican Party around kind of a mix of God and patriotism and, you know, whatever it is. But it just doesn't seem like this is ending, this ideology. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah, it's... It's frightening. And I wonder, you know, let's say that he did resign. I do wonder... Um, you know, I don't know that you can put this genie back in the bottle. Um, mm. You know, I think that he has changed the landscape. It, you know, it's it's not just Trump. It's Trump and his his fans who yeah. seem to, you know, he seems to have made a shift in this country in terms of what people think is true or how important they think truth is, um, what they're willing to um what they're willing to do, you know, the increase in nationalism that we've talked about over and over again, over religion, you know, and an mm -hmm. allegiance to a political um, party over religious moral, you know, um, it's just, it's all really bad. Yeah. Yep, yep, well, yep, yep. What else are we, what else are we, what, else, what other small matters do we have going on? Well, let's talk about um, this recent attempt um, by Trump to relocate the Israel 
um, capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So this this is a topic with a lot of nuance, and um, you know I'm not sure that either of us are the expert on this, but um, the you know, as most people know, Jerusalem is a contested city. It is a city that is contested between Israelis and Palestinians. Um, they and and it is a a city where you know Palestinians have certain land and Israelis have certain land. Um, the Palestinian land has been besieged by settlers, Israeli settlers. Now that's really a nice way of saying they're occupied. Um, and I have been there. I have visited. Um, I have been in these occupied states. I have seen with my own eyes um, Palestinian neighborhoods and homes where Israelis have literally moved in and built subdivisions, which is yeah. you know, considered illegal by global courts. Um, yeah. So when we say that Jerusalem is the capital, what we're basically saying is Jerusalem is Israel is Israel Israel's right. We're we're sort of giving them. Um, weight as as if the whole city is theirs yeah and like you said it is a it's a very nuanced issue i think living in the u.s it's you know usually hard to understand a lot of world news because it's you know we're way out here and that's way over there uh europe is closer but just maybe even backing up a little bit like going back to ancient times you basically have this hunk of land right and right. today it would be israel jordan like egypt right there's this hunk of land over there east of the Mediterranean, um, you know, people have referred to it as the Holy Land. Uh, and that hunk of land is kind of being claimed by Christians, uh, Muslims, and Jews. And it's been for hundreds and hundreds of years, even though as uh, an Orthodox Jew or certainly an evangelical Christian, a Christian that is in that kind of frame of mind, you know, they would claim that God explicitly said to you know, certain patriarchs that this land is for the Jews, of course, that itself is debatable. That was never, you know, the the all of the Palestinians living three thousand years ago didn't say, "Oh, okay, all right, well, God spoke to this one dude, and I guess, all right, well, this belongs to the Jews." And do you, do you get the point? It's always been a territory of great dispute. That's right. That's really right. what needs to like be, be said, going all the way back. Yes. I mean, yes, this is a, this is a, I mean, decades isn't even the, you know, this is a very longstanding issue. Um, and, you know, in, in the past couple of decades, our presidents have, uh, have attempted to avoid this. Um, you know, both Republican and Democratic presidents have, have signed a waiver that just sort of like pushes out this decision. Um, because, you know, the bottom line is the Palestinians also claim Jerusalem as their capital. Um, now, I want to point out that what we're really talking about here is moving the U.S. embassy. The president of our country cannot name where the, you know, where the capital of Israel is officially, right? That's not his decision. But when right. he moves the embassy there, he's basically saying, we recognize Jerusalem. The United States recognizes Jerusalem as the capital. Now, I don't think that any other embassies are in Jerusalem. Like this is, you know, this no, is sort not. of, yeah, a, a global acknowledgement that we're going to be in Tel Aviv, which is clearly Israeli, right? And we're going to avoid mm -hmm. Jerusalem because it's a contested state. And so in doing this, 
Trump has really fanned the flames of this struggle over this land. Yeah, and I mean, it's important to note, though, that, I mean, the Jewish government is all in Jerusalem. And so what what people on the right are going to say, on the far right are going to say, and, and many like more conservative Jews are going to say, it is already the capital. <laughs> like, as a matter of fact, Jerusalem, not we're not talking about outside entities, but Jerusalem is where their entire government already works out of. So all we're doing is we're just acknowledging what already is. But I, I'm glad you bring up the embassy, Kristen, because that would be a massive political move that that is being condemned by virtually every one of our allies. I know many on the right tend to not care, but just for what it's worth, virtually every one of our European allies are saying this, we cannot make such a unilateral move. And even the Pope himself has said, essentially, that this is something that, you know, it's it's this unilateral idea. That's the whole problem. We just, Trump just decided, there were, no one was at a table talking, there were no negotiations, nothing. It was just, I have determined uh, that this is going to be the case. And we'll see if we ever build an embassy, though. I'm hearing that this was a great way to score points amongst uh, evangelicals who, incidentally, are... Uh, there's a question asked recently by Pew that the question was, was Israel given to the Jewish people by God? Um, and 40% of all Jews said yes and 27% no. And the U.S. general public, 44% of the U.S. general public said yes. So and now there are a lot of non-believing Jews, <clears throat> but the point is, it's very confusing. And, and, and we're going to see where this goes, but man, oh man. Yeah, it's confusing. And I do I do have to say, because we were talking about the confusion and, you know, the fact that so many um, proclaimed Christians seem to have a, a bit of a moral slippery slope when it comes to politics, that this is yet another area, in my opinion, where Christians have been strangely silent because, um, you know, regardless of um, whose side you're on in this in this strife, you know, um, over Jerusalem, um, there have been human rights abuses on both sides. And oh, yeah. the fact that the Palestinians' land is occupied um, should be bothersome. And, you know, we should be speaking up um, because it is a social justice issue. And, um, you know, Christians, in addition to have a, having a rather blind allegiance to the Republican Party, they also have a rather blind allegiance to Israel. And I'm not saying that having allegiance to Israel is a bad thing, but it's just like, you know, having allegiance to anyone or any entity, if they're messing up, they need to be called out for it. I mean, I have allegiance to my kids, but if they're behaving badly, I'm going to say, dude, not okay. Um, and there seems to be kind of a carte blanche, like get out of jail free card given to Israel by many Christians in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, again, I think just living here and oftentimes things being communicated to people who who really don't have, you know, a sixth grade education on the Middle East. Well, we don't teach it. Maybe that's why in this country. But, you know, just the Jews are God's chosen people and we need to stick with Israel. You know, you're going to hear that in a lot of far right evangelicals. Well, if you speak to uh, uh, a conservative Jew, uh, they're going to say that God's chosen people 
doesn't mean that Jews are better or more special. Actually, they would say that it meant that God said, I want a people where I want to, I want to trust their faithfulness, um, you know, but reduced to the simplistic American evangelical version, all Jews are God's chosen people. And that's the end of the story. So give Israel to the Jews and anyone else, you know, just kind of get rid of them. It is important to note that even in Israel, uh, you have kind of the Zionist left, like, you know, the, the liberals, if you will, or the Democrats, if you will, in, uh, in Israel. And they, they're inclined to uh, trade Israel-controlled land for peace with Arab nations. So they would, you know, they're more interested in bartering and trying to find a win-win because, of course, the Arabs or the Palestinians have been there just as long. You know, they've been there forever, basically, uh, where the Zionist right um, just tends to be more skeptical of kind of land for peace deals. And that's where we're at. It's really another political situation where the right very simplistically says it's ours, not yours. And the left is saying, wait, let's try to find a nuanced way to figure this thing out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, another news story we wanted to mention um, is that there is an ongoing Supreme Court battle happening in regards to religious freedom and LGBT rights. Um, so this is over an incident that happened um, a while back. Uh, it involves a Colorado baker who refused to make a cake for um, a same-sex couple's marriage. Um, and it raised all kinds of questions as to whether or not um, vendors um, and, and, and whether or not and also um, which vendors have the right to say, I'm not going to work with someone based on their sexual orientation. Um, so, you know, are there business owners who can qualify for this exemption from anti-discrimination laws? Because our law says, we, you know, a business owner or business should not discriminate um, against people for this kind of a thing. So this is um, a current battle happening in the Supreme Court. Yeah, I don't, man, there's just a lot of complex issues. I, I don't really see, I just don't know where we stop if. A private business owner, for whatever reason, doesn't, ain't feeling it. How could the federal government impose a law that would require, it seems to go against the First Amendment to me, like freedom of, this, yeah, this is where I kind of go crazy with the left sometimes. I don't, and I'm, I'm, I haven't read a bunch about this issue, but it seems to me to be the case that we should be free to make cakes for whoever we want to. Well, I think we finally found an issue where we may actually disagree. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, business owners are free to deny service to people. I mean, there's many reasons a person can deny service. But he explicitly said to this couple, I'm not going to make a cake for you because the Bible says it's wrong. And if that's the reason we're denying service, that is discrimination, you know? Wasn't it, was it just simply based on, I'm not going to bake a cake for you because you're gay? I, I really don't know. That's it. They walked in, um, they sat down to look at the wedding cakes, and, and then um, the man said to them that he can't do this because it's a violation of his faith, 
And his words were, the Bible says in the beginning, there was male and female. He offered to make anything else he wanted, but not a wedding cake. And the couple left. So then they filed a complaint with the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. And that ruled in their favor. Um, but then Phillips, the, the, the man, the baker, took it to the Colorado Court of Appeals. Um, and now here we are at the Supreme Court. So he, you know, he has run this up the chain. Um, but, you know, I think that there are many reasons that a person, you know, we, we're not requiring that businesses do business with every person that walks in their door. There are many reasons that you can decide not to work with someone, but this is really not okay. And, you know, I would have to say too, as a Christian, I think that this is a blatant case of homosexuality because if this is really about his principles, you mean, or homophobia? Yeah. Homophobia. Yeah. Because if this was really about his principles, he would then be asking every single couple who walks through his door if they're having sex outside of marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. But if that's not the, if, if he's not putting that litmus test forward and it's just about gay people, then it's just, it's just homophobia. Yeah, I for some reason thought this was about writing what was written on the cake, not just you're gay, I won't bake it. No, um, he wouldn't bake the cake for them. It wasn't about, no. He said, in an interview, he said, I feel like I'm being compelled to create artwork for an event that goes against my faith, and I'm being compelled to do so under penalty of jail times and fines. So it was just about making the cake. Geck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, and you know, one yeah, of the, I, one of the men, um, you know, involved in this case that was, you know, asking for a cake said, this is an artistic expression. We didn't ask for a piece of art. We didn't ask for him to make a statement. We asked him for a cake and he denied it because of who we are. Oh, well, I want to revisit this one because this is, I'm caught a little flat footed, but if it is as you're explaining it, and I'm sure that it is, I can't. Yeah, it's bad. Well, all right, that's it for today. Um, We will be chatting next week. We're going to do a deeper dive, hopefully, on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict so that we can understand a bit more about that. And by that time, we will know the outcome of the Roy Moore election. So we'll have lots to talk about there. Thanks for joining us, guys. Be sure to subscribe to Why Partisan on iTunes and check us out on the web at whypartisan.com. A big thanks to Shepard Audio for providing our intro music.